But a lot of churches, what they're doing is they're structured in a way that the ministry, the supplemental, actually becomes the main focus and the church itself dies off. The effectiveness of the church dies off because it's not really a church, it's a ministry. Hey, welcome back to the Church Made Simple podcast, where we are all about helping you kill confusion and make things simple again in your church. Make the how and the why we do church simple. This is episode three. I'm your host, Stephen Kilgore. It's a joy to be with you. Man, we've been talking this whole series about the mission of our church, and we're going to dive even deeper into that in this episode. But before we get into that, I want to ask you if you would go ahead and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already, so that way you don't miss any of these episodes. They're going to build one on the other. Uh, YouTube, subscribe. Apple Podcasts, subscribe. Whatever your platform of choice is. And then, of course, rate and review. As you're getting through here, you're like, man, this is some good content. Rate it. Review it. Let us know how we can serve you better. I'm really excited about this topic today as we are going into asking this question, do we have the wrong mission and the right ministry or the wrong ministry and the right mission? So I have a friend, here's how this came about, this idea came about. Uh, I have a friend who was called and hired by another church to come in and basically breathe life into this church. It was an older congregation. They had dwindled down over decades they had a building, which was great. They met on Sunday mornings, but the average age of the congregation was over 70. And not that that's a bad thing, but when you don't have young people taking the mantle, you know, you're you're close to shutting your church's doors. So they knew he, he had experience in youth ministry, student ministry, college ministry. And they said, hey, can you come in and help us build uh, the next generation, bring some young people in essentially is what they wanted him to do, like a magic wand, wave them in and they magically show up. So he gets there and he works for a few months with them. And the pastor was a good friend of his. But by the end, he he came back and he told me, he said, this just isn't going to work. And I said, well, what, what's the problem? What's going on? He said, well, honestly, it's a really strange dynamic. So again, the average age of the congregation is 70 plus. There's only 20 of them left. Uh, Sunday mornings are absolutely dead. No one's showing up. No one young especially is showing up. The whole culture is very outdated. Not traditional. Please hear me now. I'm not talking about traditional, but outdated. Okay, confusing, outdated. And he said, um, they have a big budget though. They have a lot of money in the bank that they've saved over the years. But they have an annual budget and a large percentage of their budget goes to a ministry that the church runs. Now, it's it's under the umbrella, the corporate umbrella of the church, the legal umbrella of the church, but it's this ministry that they do. It's not separate from the church, but it's just something they do. And I said, well, what is it? He said, well, it's a food bank. And, and they feed hundreds of people, even thousands of people. People are lined up down the street to get food. They feed the homeless. They feed the poor, the hungry, the lame. I mean, it's awesome. But he said, um, the church is investing a ton of their budget, a lot of their resources into this food bank, and it seems to be thriving. But the reason why they have so much money is because people are donating to the church on behalf of the food bank. In other words, people in the community are seeing the effectiveness of the food bank, so they give money to the church to keep the food bank alive 
However, they don't see the effectiveness of the local church in its worship, in the congregation, in its service, so they don't want any part of it. And so it was like they had almost two split entities. There was a food bank and a church, but they were one entity, but it was confusing. And so he said, because they weren't willing to change anything about how they communicate in their services, the style of worship, they weren't willing to upgrade the building or change anything like that because the food bank comes first. He said, I got to bow out because they won't allow me to change anything. Every time I have an idea, it is just combative. We can't do this. And so I was thinking about that. And that's where this idea came from of, do we have the wrong ministry and the right mission? Or do we have the right mission and the wrong ministry? See, this local church he was at was dying. They were on a trajectory of a gravestone and that's it. They're going to die. But they have this thriving food bank, this ministry of feeding people. So why can't the church flourish if the food bank can't? Well, here's why. Because there's a split vision and a split mission. The mission of this church was not to make disciples. The mission of this church was ultimately to feed the hungry. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing by any means, but the main focus of a church is not to feed physically feed the hungry. We are called to go into all the world and make disciples of every nation. Like that's the great co-mission that we're in. You can verbalize it however you want. You can make the verbiage different, but ultimately that's what we're called to do. So this church was trying to function as a church, but also thriving in a ministry feeding the hungry. And so my question to him was, why don't they just shut down the church, restructure their 501c3 with the IRS and just become a food bank ministry? And he smiled and he goes, Stephen, I asked the same question. This is ultimately the question I want to ask you today. I want you to think about this. Is your mission as the local church to really make disciples, to encourage others toward a relationship with Jesus, to gather together and worship together, to encourage one another? Or is it something third-party-esque? Is it to feed the hungry? Is it to uh, get families to adopt orphans? Is it to take care of the widows and the orphans? Like, I understand that could be a part of what we do as a church, but is that where all your resources are going? Is that the focus of your church? The reality was this place was not a church that my friend was at. It was a food bank that also had a church, but they thought they were a church, a local church that also had a food bank. So what's the reality? They love feeding the hungry. They love being generous, but they don't love making disciples. And so you can't really be a local church unless you are ready to make disciples. Here's the question again. Does your mission need to match the ministry or does the ministry need to match the mission? I've seen so many people, especially in recent years, everybody thinks that God's telling them to start a church. Like it's become this sexy new trend. Like, oh, I, I don't like the church I'm at. I'm going to go start another church. I'm a worship leader, but I need to start a church. I'm the executive pastor, but I need to start a church. Uh, I, I grew up in Texas, so I need to start a church. Like everybody thinks they're they're called to start a church. And my question is, are you really called to start a local church or are you called to start a ministry? Well, what is the difference? Well, like I said, a local church is called to make disciples. We congregate together weekly. A ministry has a very focused purpose and it's supplemental to making disciples. 
you know, James says that true religion is taking care of the widows and orphans. Well, that's a ministry that is supplemental to the mission to go and make disciples. Uh, feeding the hungry is supplemental. Uh, giving to missionaries around the world is supplemental to our mission. But a lot of churches, what they're doing is they're structured in a way that the ministry, the supplemental, actually becomes the main focus and the church itself dies off. The effectiveness of the church dies off because it's not really a church. It's a ministry. Does that mean a church doesn't have a food bank? No, please hear me. I just want to reiterate this. Does it mean a church shouldn't take care of orphans and widows? No, not at all. It does mean, though, we have to know what our mission is. Clearly, we have to know what our mission is. So this is where we get even more simple, okay? Let's say you are the pastor right now. You're a key leader in your church. You're on the executive team, you know, whatever you call them. You got to start having these conversations. This conversation needs to be talked about more and more. This has to be something you discuss. I would encourage every leadership team. I don't know what denomination you are, how you structure the governance of your church. Maybe you have a board of directors. Maybe you have uh, elders of your church, whatever it is. But you've got to sit down and have this conversation. Is our mission driving our ministry or is our ministry or the way we minister shaping our mission? You may have a mission statement that says, we're going to go make disciples, but you're not actually doing that. You've got a thriving food bank. God bless you. That's awesome. But be a food bank. Don't try to be a church. You have to start asking that question because this will help you determine whether you're a local church or you are a social club, or you are a community organization, or you are a missions group, or you are a nonprofit ministry or a for-profit ministry, it'll help you determine whatever you are, fill in the blank with whatever you're doing. If we're going to establish that we are the local church, that we are called by God to equip people for the work of ministry, then how we minister should reflect that. Our mission statement should be the foundation of that, and it should be verbalized and written in such a way that when people hear that, they see that is what we do as well. Because if we're realizing that the majority of our resources is not being used to make disciples, to accomplish the mission of our church that we are verbalizing to our church, then we need to turn around and go, maybe we are not a church. Now, I know that like is so heavy and it feels so demeaning, but I'm not trying to demean you. What I'm trying to do is empower you to make a huge change so that you can be in, uh, really effective in what God has called you to do. I know I'm called to be the pastor of a church. I know that I'm called to make disciples. I'm called to feed the flock, protect the flock that God has given me. I am not called to run a nonprofit ministry. I'm not called to run a food bank. I am not called to run an orphanage. I'm not called to be a missionary. I am not called to do those things. And I have settled in that. There are specialized people who are anointed and called and gifted to do those things. And maybe that's you. So why is this so important? Let's really dig in deeper. Let's make it even more simple. Why is this so important? Because if you as the pastor or your organization is not living out the mission that God has ordained for your local church, your people will fall in step with that. Here's what I mean. 
uh, take your mission statement, whatever it is. Hopefully you've simplified it by now in between episodes. If you haven't, you still need to work on that. Go back, get the discussion guide, talk about it as a team. Let's figure out our mission statement. Let's simplify it, right? Be effective in it. But our mission statement at Revive Church is we introduce real people to the real Jesus. That's why we exist. Everything we do is filtered through that. And the reason why it's so important is because it helps us as a church establish what we will do and what we won't do. Because we're a local church, we are not going to be strictly a food bank or 95% of our resources is not going to run a food bank. We feed families. We have a food pantry in our church. We've fed the homeless. We have homeless people around our church. They come in, they get food. We love serving them. That's awesome. But that's not our main goal. That's not our main focus. Our mission is to introduce real people to the real Jesus. And so spiritually, that's what we are going to do. When someone comes to us and maybe you've heard this before. I know I have before. God bless people. They have a great idea. They have this tug on their heart and they're going, pastor, we need to do this. Fill in the blank. Pastor, we really need to do this. Whatever this is probably doesn't match up with our mission statement to introduce real people to the real Jesus. What they've effectively said is, pastor, God put on my heart a ministry opportunity, a way to minister to people, to meet a need of someone or a group of people. And because I'm in this church, I think everybody else should be doing it as well. And we have had really honest, transparent conversations with people to say, that's not what we do as a church. And it's not always easy to say that, but it's true. However, if you're in the local church and your mission statement isn't clear, and you're not actually living out the mission statement as a church, when other people feel that tug of God to say, I need you to minister in a specific way outside of the four walls of your church, they're not going to live that out because they are already in a training ground that does not live that out. They're going to follow the leader. And if the pastor is supposed to be a food bank administrator, but they're trying to act as a pastor, that person that they're leading will never live out their potential and their God-given purpose. Do you see, see how like deep this goes? We have to set the example. If you're the pastor, you have to set the example. If you're someone in the church and you feel like God has put something on your heart and you're thinking to yourself, man, our church really needs to do this. Let me correct you real quick. It's probably that God didn't call the whole church to do this. He probably called you to do this. And maybe there's a little intimidation inside of you that you feel like it's such a big task. You'd rather have the church do it rather than you take a step of faith and do it. I want to encourage you. If God puts something in your heart in a way to minister to people, you're the one who's called to do it. Don't try to get every other place to change their mission or ministry to fit what God has called you to do. Pastors, listen, we've got to empower people to live out their God-given purpose, to minister in the way that God has called them to. But first, we have to establish how our local church is ministering. We have those supplemental ministries, but ultimately, the number one thing we have to focus on is what is our mission as the local church? And however you verbalize that, it will come back to that great co-mission of Christ. Go into all the world make disciples, equip the people for the work of the ministry. So when you're settled, when you're secure in your mission and how you have structured that mission, 
you are able to graciously empower other people. And that is the ultimate goal. It may sound like complicated, but it's really not. It is that simple. Doesn't mean it's easy. Again, remember, simplicity is not always easy, but it's real. People need to see that their church is settled in their mission. They need to be in a training environment called the local church where they see that once I'm committed to this thing, that's what God has called me to do. And that's where my resources go. That's where my initiative goes so that they can live out their God-given purpose. We are not called to bring people into the church and handcuff them to what we want them to do. We are called to empower them so they can live out what God has called them to do. But we have to set the example. I hope that that resonates with you. I hope that that is something that maybe God's been working on your heart. Like I said, get your team together, have this conversation and download the discussion guide. We've got questions in there as well, additional supplemental questions that'll help you get the conversation going so you can really navigate this whole conversation around mission, our ministry and mission and what's pulling what and where is the tension and how do we clarify this? How do we simplify this? Now, our next episode, uh, we're going to talk about how to simplify what your church is already doing by pointing back to the mission. I'm going to have some practical examples, things we've done, things I've heard other pastors have done. Because again, what, what is our mission here? Well, it's to help you kill confusion and make how and why you do church simple. So I want to walk you through that in our next episode. And if this conversation excites you, like if you love this whole thing around church made simple and and killing confusion, would you do me a favor? Rate this podcast right now. Just give it five stars. That'll help us get it to more people. Share it with somebody else. Maybe you know a pastor, a friend of yours, somebody in your church, and you're like, hey, let's have this discussion as well. Let's pray over our church that we would have an effective mission. We would simplify things so that we could be effective in our mission and vision. Share it with somebody else. And if you haven't already, like I said, download the discussion guide. Sign up at churchmadesimple.net so you can get those every week. And then I want to hear from you. Find us on social media at Church Made Simple Pod, uh, or I can't remember Twitter or X or whatever they're called. Wouldn't let us use Church Made Simple. So it's Church Made Simple without the E on the end. Yeah, anyway, uh, find us on Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, threads. I'm still trying that thing. We're going to see if that works out. Uh, But however you can, get in touch with me. Send me a message and say, Stephen, I would love to learn more about this subject right here. Or, hey, you you said this. Could you clarify? Like, I would love to get your feedback. One of the best ways to do that is to also connect with other people who are listening. So go to Facebook.com and search for the Church Made Simple Facebook group. Uh, Get involved in that. We want to grow that online community over the next several months so that we can connect other churches, connect people together, and we can have these conversations online as well about how we can make things more simple. But give us that feedback. If there's something you need to learn more about, I would love to do the research to share with you our experiences here at our church and how we can help you kill confusion in yours and make church simple again. Again, I want to end this last way because I feel like it's really important. Making church simple is a journey, not a destination. It's consistent steps. It's consistency. Line upon line, precept upon precept. Consistency is what breeds simplicity. And once we learn that, man, we are unstoppable. So I appreciate you allowing me to bring these things to light, help you kill confusion, and make your church simple. I'll see you next time.